Welcome back. On this episode of Deeper Life, Pastor Peter Light shares about understanding who you are and purpose. Listen and be blessed. It's wonderful to be with you and uh, it's great that we can share fellowship together. I want to um, really give an overview tonight of the importance of embracing the Holy Spirit in our walk with God. These are very exciting and challenging days that we live in. And uh, many people in the world are desperate and in great need and some in very much despair at what's happening with COVID and other things that are going on. And they're looking for answers. They're questioning, what is this all about? Why are we here? And this is a tremendous opportunity for the church and for Christians who have the, the answer to some of those questions to be bold in our witness and in our callings and to bring in the kingdom of God. Uh, the Holy Spirit has been sent to us to bring us the fatherhood of God, to work out our purpose in this world as a church, which is to bring in Father's kingdom. Um, and these are, in fact, the end days. And we have the privilege of uh, going to see a wonderful end time harvest that God is preparing for us even as we speak. And so he's getting his church ready. He's changing us. He's challenging us. He's getting us in order that we might give a clear message to the world in these trying times, uh, a message that will bring thousands into the kingdom before his kingdom comes again on this earth. The Holy Spirit, when he, you were born again, came into your life. We have a wonderful Father in heaven who is in control of all. We have a wonderful Savior in Jesus who's at the right hand of Father interceding, interceding for us. And he's given us the Holy Spirit to walk this life with us. He's the one who's with us day by day, experiencing what we are experiencing and giving us the strength and the ability and the wisdom to be people of the kingdom. So he helps us transform into the image of Jesus. He helps us understand the teachings of Jesus. He abides in us to help and to counsel and to teach and to guide and empower us to walk in the spirit. He radically begins to change our character and motives into alignment with kingdom until we meet the Lord. We are being sanctified, being made more like Jesus by the working of the Holy Spirit within us. He forms in us the character of Jesus, 
the character of Jesus we read about in Galatians 5, the fruits of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. And the Spirit is moving in us to produce those values in us. It doesn't happen overnight. It happens as he works in us and we yield to be able to change by the power of God. He makes us more generous and more thankful, more loving, more considerate, and more understanding to one another. He comes into our lives uh, to heal and to rebuild brokenness, to strengthen our weaknesses, to turn unbelief and doubt into faith and victory. He helps us to get our lives back together again as God originally intended us to be. He helps us to restore our original purpose. So the first phase of his working in us is to change us internally, to be more like Jesus in our character, in the way that we treat people. So that as we become free, we can really show love to the world. The world is longing for a people who can show them real love and real generosity and be able to minister the grace of God to them. Secondly, having restored our original character and purpose so that we are truly free to love and serve people around us in the world, he, of course, empowers us too with the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit. He gives us the gifts of tongues and interpretation and prophecy. He releases miracles and faith and healings to us. He allows us to have wisdom and knowledge, and he gives us the discerning of spirits that we might defeat the enemy as he comes against us. So we not only reflect the character of Jesus, we can do the supernatural things that Jesus did when he walked on this earth. And each one of you is special to God because he's changing you into the likeness of Jesus and he's empowering you to be a powerful witness for him with the purpose of destroying the works and the lies of the evil one and to take back all that was stolen from God at creation and were, have a purpose to bring back God's kingdom into this earth. And there will be a new heaven and a new earth established, and the kingdom will again be restored. Now, after the restoration of our character and giving us the power that we need, what then? Is that it? Do we just sit back and enjoy God's presence in our lives? Do we 
sit back and just wait for Jesus to return and to take us to heaven? No, it's not the end of the story. The best is yet to come. God has not finished his transformation by the Holy Spirit yet in your lives. Two questions. Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to change your character? Secondly, are you moving in the gifts of the Holy Spirit? But the third thing the Spirit is especially doing in these days so that the church can become effective in its worship and in its witness to the world is to cause us to know our calling and our anointing. Each one of you is equipped to discover your unique calling uh, for which you were created. You weren't just created to be saved and to enjoy the things of God. You were created with a calling in mind. Special gifts have been given you that only you can be effective in, that only you can bear fruit in. And each one of you is so special to God, he's joined us in a body. And together we can uh, show the world the power and the love of Jesus. No one person can do it. The body of Christ has to do it. And for that to happen, you need to find your anointing and your particular gift. Your purpose is to bring in the kingdom and to worship and love God with all your heart. Your calling is to find out the special call on your life and begin to gain the anointing to be effective in that calling. And... Uh, God has given us special ministry gifts of apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers to equip us for this work of service to the world um, so that we can serve people with the gospel of the kingdom and through the multitude of gifts that he's giving us we can meet physical and spiritual needs. So we need to acknowledge these gifts are still operational in the church, but they're equipping gifts. They're not just for them to do it for us. They're for them to equip us through discipleship, through encouragement, to find our calling and begin to move in it and be fruitful in it. We have been called with a purpose in God's heart to fulfill. The Great Commission is part of that calling, that we're to go and make disciples of all the nations, bringing them the good news of Jesus. Now, we've all been given a level of faith to be able to do this to operate in. And uh, when we discover our gifts and our callings, we 
also discover that God anoints us to become even more uh, effective and to enable us to be successful in those gifts. And God has given us a location, a place where he's placed us to work out these callings and anointings. It's not just by chance you're in the church where you are. God has called you there to function, to be a part, to use the gift he's given you and the anointing he's given you. So don't just sit back and enjoy whatever every uh, Christian does, the great worship we have. He's called you to be active, to participate in working with the Holy Spirit to bring in his kingdom. So each one of you has a gift, has a calling, has an anointing, and we need to discover these things. When, we, uh, when we're out of sync with our calling, there will be no anointing. God's anointing comes with the calling he's given you. If you try and be like somebody else and have their anointing, it will not work. God will anoint you with the anointing that fits your calling and gifting. And then you can be successful and fruitful in all that you do. He's given us all a breaker's anointing, which breaks us out of the unknown and the ordinary and empowers us in our calling to break every stronghold of the enemy. So I want to encourage you. This is what the Holy Spirit's been doing. He's been sanctifying us. He's been empowering us. And that process goes on continually. But the third question I want to ask you is, have you discovered your unique calling? Have you discovered your unique anointing? Are you beginning to move in the ministry that God has for you? Now, you can say to me, oh, no, I'm not a leader. I've got no ministry. Every Christian has a ministry to preach the gospel, to go out and to serve and to be hospitable and to love. And there are all kinds of different kinds of gifts, giving and administration and music and uh, drama and business and uh, commerce. All of those are the gifts of God for us to be a witness to the world, for him to be able to be glorified in our midst. Now, of course, when we begin to move in these things, the enemy will come against us. He will do everything he can to stop you from using your gifts. He will do everything you he can to, to make sure that church to you is just about coming and sitting and listening and not getting involved. Because he knows that if we can build an army of spirit-filled believers, we can take the world. We can take that message of Jesus into the world and the kingdom will come. So you're so important. 
you're so vital that you find that gift and you find that anointing. If you don't know it and you're unsure, then ask your pastor to disciple you and to give you an indication of how you can be used in the body where he's placed you. Now, we need to remove the strongholds of the enemy so that we can use the gifts most effectively. There are two kinds of strongholds. There's the enemy strongholds. This is where much of the focus for spiritual warfare lies. And it's very important uh, to know, to learn how to have the strategies to pull the strongholds of the enemy down. Intercession, prayer, deliverance. We need to uh, pull down those strongholds that the enemy uses against us. But I want to dwell more tonight on the strongholds we need to build in our lives so that we can use that gift and calling and anointing to greater effect. There are strongholds that you can build that, that, that will strengthen your spiritual life. It will cause you to have more anointing to use the gifts and the talents that God has for you. And so how do we build godly strongholds in our lives? Forget about the enemy strongholds. We have the equipment to pull those down. But how do we build godly strongholds that will withstand every attack of the enemy? We need to know how to strengthen our spiritual lives. We need to know what our strengths are. We need to know we cannot have an anointing or calling for everything. Uh, many people try and they're, they're so involved in so many things, they're not effective in anything because they're trying to move in all kinds of, of callings and anointings and it won't work. Find the one that God has for you. You need to know uh, when to call in others to use their anointing to help you develop yours. This is not something we can do on our own. We need the body of Christ. We need the other gifts. We need discipleship from others to build us up, to strengthen us, to teach us, to release us. The first thing then, how to build these strongholds. The first stronghold is that you need to strengthen yourself. And we can find this in 1 Corinthians 4. And verse 10 is called the prayer of Jabez. He says this, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border and your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm and that it might no longer bring me pain. God's heart is to bless you, every one of you, to enlarge your borders, to wake you up, to send you out, to make you fruitful. Um, he keeps us from harm and allows 
uh, us to avoid pain and failure as we move into those gifts and anointings. We build a stronghold of intimacy with God. This is very important. We need to invite God to work in our lives every single day. Commit it to the Lord. Strengthen yourself in him by spending time in prayer, by studying the word, by speaking in tongues. So important we do all of those things every day. It will build a stronghold around your spiritual life and your spiritual heart. Um, we need to discover the strengths and giftings and anointings that he's given you. Look at your problems and circumstances, not like the eight spies who saw the impossible and returned from the promised land full of fear and unbelief and murmuring, murmuring with complacency, but be like Joshua and Caleb who let the word of God change the atmosphere around their thinking, turning it into faith for the impossible. As you strengthen yourself in God, you will have that same attitude, that you can do anything that Christ uh, gives you to do in your calling and in your anointing. So we need to strengthen ourselves in God. Secondly, we need to strengthen our families. So important you parents hear this. You have, especially fathers, an authority over your household. As for me, Joshua said, and my household, we will serve the Lord. And so we need to take that authority over everyone in our household, over our families. We need to pray intentionally for each one every day. We need to correct any wrong behavior with love and with grace and with wisdom um, so that our children don't grow up to fear us or to shy away from us but they grow up knowing that we love them and we want the best for them, that we're praying for them, and we will stand alongside them for them to be successful in all that they do. We need to set the boundaries in the spirit for their behavior if they live in your household. And we need to make sure we're teaching our children and grandchildren the ways of God. And uh, those of you who've got large families, don't give up on the families, even if they're not Christians. Pray for them. Believe that they will come to the Lord and be blessed and uh, receive Christ. So strengthen your family. You have the power to do that in Christ. Um, you can spend time doing that. And it will build you up and it will release them and the blessing of God on your whole family. Thirdly, we need to strengthen the church. We need to make the church 
where we attend our stronghold. We need to be uncompromising with the truth of God's word. We need to encourage one another, each member to participate and use the gifts. So many people sit in church with wonderful gifts and talents, but don't feel they can use them because they're not good enough. This is a lie of the enemy. We need to encourage one another to use the gifts that God has given us. I believe discipleship is key. Everyone in the church, I believe, needs to be being discipled. None of us can stand still. We must always have a hungry heart to learn more, to be more effective, to have more anointing and more faith so that we can do what God wants us to do. So we need to correct wrong thinking and wrong speaking in the church. Isaiah 50 verse 4, it says, The Lord has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak. We need us to speak a word of encouragement in season to those who are weary and downcast. We need to major on unity of vision and purpose. And we need to engage in training people in the church and growth, reaching out, evangelism, preaching the gospel. That's why we're here. That's the main purpose of the kingdom. And uh, rather than just maintaining a meeting and the programs that we have, we need to go beyond that and begin to affect the whole world. And this brings me to my last point. By strengthening yourself, by strengthening your family, by strengthening the church and building strongholds in all of those things, you have the opportunity to change your neighborhood, your town, your community, because as you are strengthened, it will affect, it will overflow into the world around us. If the world sees a church that has the answers to some of the catastrophe that's going on now, if the, the world sees a church that loves and disciples and cares for and uh, is giving and uh, gracious and encouraging, they will see that Jesus is real. And as we release healings and miracles more and more, people will be drawn and be part of that great harvest that we are looking for in these last days. And so the church needs to realize that we're responsible for what happens in our street, in our area, in our town, in our nation. And we need to begin to pray for those areas. If you're in a house group, pray for the area where you meet. Seek to meet some of the needs that are there. Begin to get to know the people personally. 
and ask for opportunities to preach the gospel. Abraham walked the boundaries of the land over which he had territorial authority. It's good to go prayer walking around your area, around the roads and you live, and claim them for God. Claim them for a move of the Holy Spirit. God will honour that kind of praying and that kind of commitment. The church, the house groups, the prayer groups, the Christian families are outposts of God's kingdom authority. God will give you influence, favour and authority if you pray and show love and service and take your role seriously. The enemy is afraid of prophetic revelation. And I believe the church needs to be prophetic in this age. We have the answers to COVID. We have the answers. The Holy Spirit's been working with us, sanctifying, gifting us with power, uh, giving us the ability to make us strong, our family strong, our church is strong, in order that we might be more effective in the great harvest he has for us. So, Father, I pray for my dear brothers and sisters that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit, that they would know that they're being changed from the inside out, that they would discover fresh gifts of power and healing and anointing to use in the communities around, that you would gift them with knowing their unique calling that's special to them, that you want them to be fruitful in, that you would indeed anoint them for a purpose in you that only they can fulfill. And we pray, Father, as we strengthen ourselves, as we strengthen one another in our families, as we strengthen the church, Lord, that you would give us a wonderful end-time harvest that we can bring in your kingdom. And, uh, Lord, pray that prayer as it is in heaven. May it be on earth. In Jesus' name. Amen. This broadcast is from Transforming Nations for Jesus. If you would like to get in touch with us, please write to us at transformingnationsforjesus at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us. Be blessed.